Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Look in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers. Ben Steele in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, somewhere in the Solomon Islands, there are a lot of big, tough, fighting Marines. And they're carrying guns that you may have helped to buy for them. That is, if you've been buying your share of war-saving stamps for victory. You see, every single dime you exchange for a war-saving stamp helps to buy the guns and bullets, the planes and bombs, the ships and the shells that are going to lick the Nazis and the Japs. Now, we know that all red-blooded Americans can't actually wear Uncle Sam's uniforms because some of us are too young or too old to join the Army or Navy. But there is one big important way we can help. We can buy war-saving stamps and bonds. We can lend our money to Uncle Sam and put weapons into the hands of American fighting men. Why, do you know that your dime spent for a war stamp is the same dime used to buy five forty-five caliber bullets? I guess you know, too, and the Japs and the Nazis certainly do, what a soldier or sailor or Marine can do with just five bullets. And speaking of sailors, you might be interested to learn that every time you buy five war stamps, That same 50 cents buys enough fuel oil to carry a destroyer a full mile closer to its objective. Now, that makes buying war stamps pretty exciting, doesn't it? So, look, let's make a promise to ourselves right now. Let's promise to buy war-saving stamps every week regularly. And you can help even more than that. You can get your friends and your mother and father and all the people you know to buy war stamps and bonds regularly. They'll want to help, too, when you explain to them how important it is for all of us to do our share to help our brothers and our friends in uniform. Now, our boys are going to win this war, and we've simply got to help them. So remember, every time that you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent, Harry White, editor of the Daily Planet, and Lois Lane, girl reporter, are now safely on their way to visit Sebastian Beauvais, owner of a hunting lodge in the Hudson Bay region, in answer to his letter for help to Perry White. For some reason, as yet unknown to us, an evil character known as the Laugher does not want them to reach the hunting lodge. As our last episode ended, the Ottawa plane was just taking off when... I've said it before, and I repeat it now. I wish you two weren't going on this trip. 
I've got a feeling we're going to run into trouble. Oh, don't worry about us, Chief. We've been through plenty. Nevertheless, I fail to see... Oh, no. No, it isn't so. It can't be. Lois. Lois, tell me it isn't. Sorry, Mr. White. I'm afraid it no. is. No. No, it can't be. I, I tell you, it can't be. Hello. Oh, great <laughs> heavens, it is. Of course it is, Chief. It's Jimmy Olsen. Glad to see me. Glad to see you, Jim boy. Now, uh, let me see. What exactly were my reactions when I first laid eyes on you? At first, a desperate panic seized me. I wanted to scream out. Say, what's gotten into Mr. White? And then I said to myself, No, no, this can't be so. That's not Jimmy Olsen. I'm imagining things, or perhaps I need new glasses. That's what I said to myself. And then you spoke. You said, Hello. And then I knew it was you. And I wanted to jump out of the plane, you understand? I wanted to throw myself down and beat my head against the floor. I wanted to... But what does it matter? You're here now, and I can't get rid of you. You've done this to me, Kent, and you'll pay for it right now. You're fired, Kent. Oh, gee. You're fired. Do you hear me? You're fired. Okay, if that's the way you feel about it, I'll take a plane back from Ottawa tomorrow morning. And take that freckle-faced troublemaker back with you. Gosh, Mr. Kent. Oh, gosh, I didn't mean to get you fired. Well, Jim, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. What do you mean, Clark? Well, I'll take that job with uh, Humphreys at the uh. Daily Clarion. <laughs> means a 25% increase in pay, you know. No, 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 no. just just a moment, can't you? You can't do that. But you just fired me, Mr. White. I'm no longer responsible to you or your newspaper. I join the staff of the Clarion tomorrow with a 25% increase. Now, just hold on. I- I'll give you... Uh, 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 no, no, I don't fall for the same trick twice. This is one time I fooled you. You're fired, Mr. Kent, and this time you'll stay fired. It's okay with me. I didn't ask you to rehire me. No, but you were trying to trick me into doing it. Oh, you flatter yourself. What's that? What's that? Now, please, you two, everybody in the plane is looking at it. Look what I started. Wherever you are, there's trouble. But don't try to change the subject. I didn't try to... Silence! Now, Kent, just what did you mean by that remark? You said I was trying to trick you into rehiring me, and I said you flattered yourself. What did you mean by it? Well, I meant simply that I'm fed up with working for you. Now that I'm free of you, I'm glad of it. What? What? what and I'll what? tell you a few other things. Things that others don't dare tell you. You're a tyrant, Perry White. What? A mean, nasty-tempered, irascible, and thoroughly detestable tyrant. What? Me? You heard what I said. It's true, and it's about time you knew it. Take a look at yourself. Take a good look. You won't find it pleasant. Gosh, Mr. Ken, I've never heard you talk this way before. I never have either. No, neither have I. I don't know what to say. Well, the less said, the better, I guess. Jim, I'm sorry that our trip to Hudson Bay has turned out to be a fizzle. Oh, gosh, that's okay, Mr. Ken. How in the world did Jimmy get aboard this plane, Clark? Oh, well, when I left you this afternoon at the sporting goods store, Lois, I went to see about a reservation for Jimmy. I phoned him where to pick up his ticket and to meet us on the plane. Tired. Well, I was glad to see you, Jimmy. Well, thanks, Miss Lane. I'm glad someone was. No trip would seem complete without you, Jim. You and Mr. Kent and myself, we're sort of becoming the three musketeers, you know. One for all and all for one. You mean that, Lois? What? Uh, well, of course I mean it. Certainly Very I mean rascal. Mean-tempered. No, nasty-tempered, he said. Well, what are we going to Canada for, Mr. Kent? Our esteemed Mr. White got a letter which said, Please come quick, sign Sebastian Beauvais, an old friend of Mr. White's. Uh, one of the few he has left. Gosh, what do you suppose the trouble is? No idea, Jim. No idea at all. Uh, Kent. Uh, yes? Uh, I've looked at myself. Oh, yes? Unpleasant, just like you said. You're right. I am mean and irascible and nasty tempered. Oh, now, Mr. White. No, you really no, are... no, Kent's right. I, I ought to be horsewhipped. Oh, gee, Mr. White. Jimmy, Kent, Lois, 
can you ever forgive me? Oh, sure. And you particularly can. Will you let bygones be bygones? Why, sure, Chief. Then you'll you'll stay with the Daily Planet? Sure. Same salary? Okay. <laughs> huh? What? what are you all laughing about? What's so funny? Don't you see, Mr. White? <laughs> you... I've what? I've... Oh, I've fallen for the same trick again. I've been fooled into rehiring him. Oh, I suppose I'll never learn. Oh, well, let it pass. Forget it, forget it, forget it. Oh, I'm going to sleep. Uh, wake me up. I'll be landing on What I said, mister, I'm the bush pilot you hired for this trip to Lake Minto, and if you're ready, we'll start now. Get your baggage. Now, just a minute, just a minute. We just got here. Is that the plane you're taking us in? The one anchored down there at the float? You don't see no other plane in the immediate vicinity, do you? No, then that's but... It. Uh... Well, if that's it, I must say I don't like the look of it. How old is that plane? She's one of the first transports built back in 1920, and she's one of the best planes I ever flew. If you don't like the looks of her, I'm sorry. You can call the trip off if you want to. Now, look here. When I hired you to fly me to Lake Minto, I never thought your plane was a, a wreck like that one. We'll be flying over uncharted wilderness. A crack-up would be fatal. I've been bush piled in this plane since 1924, mister, and she's never had a serious crack-up yet, and I don't expect she ever will. But, golly, the wings have got patches all over them. And look, the open door on the side of the fuselage... It... It's sort of hanging off. Yep, i got to put a new hinge on that door one of these here days. Well, I'll be... The question is, are we going to fly in that thing or not? Well, is there any other way of getting to Lake Minto, Mr. White? If there is, I don't know about it. Well, I guess it's this plane or nothing. All right, we'll take a chance. And get your baggage and get aboard, and we'll get started at once. On account, I think there's a fog setting in, and the quicker we get going, the better. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You make a habit of flying in a fog? Can't make a habit of it, young fellow. On account, there ain't enough fog, but I fly fog or no fog. If it scares you, you can stay behind. Oh, come on, Kent. We may as well get aboard. Here, uh, I'll take some of the bags. Would you mind helping us? I'm a pilot, not a porter, mister, but I'll give you a hand on account I'm that anxious to get started. And the quicker we get the baggage aboard, the faster we'll take off. Give me that small bag. Here you are. Don't strain yourself. Is it heavy? No, not really. <sighs> I've got it. Just follow me, all of you, down this gangplank to the plane and watch your step on account of the land. Kind of slippery. There we are now. Just be careful getting into the plane. Don't grab hold. That busted door may come off. Well, nothing matters, really, unless we fall through the bottom of the plane. Oh, get in, Clark. For heaven's sake, get in. Yeah, well, I'll sit down over here. Yeah, right. if you'll just let me get to the pilot's seat, I'll start her up. We'll take off for Lake Minto. Yeah, sure, don't let me stand in your way. I better self starter put in. Just keep up with the times a bit, and she works fine. You just watch and see. Wow. <laughs> That sounds fine. Just like a real plane. Gosh, I'm beginning to wish I'd never come on this trip. Don't lose your nerve, Jim. I'm not, but golly. Uh-oh. This plane has got to give out sometime or other, and this may be the time. Well, let's hope it isn't. Well, it looks as if we're about ready for the takeoff. That's right, young fellow, we are, but I just want to see everything in good working condition. Oh, optimist, isn't he? How long will it take us to get to Lake Minto? Oh, six hours or thereabouts. The crow flies. Well, uh, how about as we fly? About the same. Oh. 
Flaps seem to work a little stiff on account I guess they're kind of rusty. I ain't oiled the cables like I've intended to. Yes, you'll have to do that, I guess, one of these here days. Yeah. Well, hold your seats, everybody. We're ready for the takeoff. Are you all set? And here we go. There, we're in the air. Well, amazing. I didn't think it could be done. I didn't either. Now I've seen everything. Well, the question in my mind is, how long do we stay in the air? Don't worry none about that, mister, on account I've made this same trip in this here same plane hundreds of times. I ain't never had a serious accident yet. Yeah, but there's always a first time for everything, you know. Now, now, stop worrying and just sit back and enjoy the trip. We've got some pretty wonderful scenery ahead of us. Mountains and wilderness such as you've never seen before. I'll sit back, but I won't relax. And frankly, the thought of your mountains and wilderness doesn't make me feel particularly happy. And this helps. Huh? What's that? Something's wrong with the motor. Now, just don't get excited, folks. Sometimes this happens on account I ain't ticked her over in a long time, but it usually passes off. Well, that doesn't sound to me as if it's going to pass off. Oh, wait. Look. There are flames shooting out of the motor. Holy mackerel, we're going to burn off. Look, the fuselage is starting to catch fire. The cabin's full of smoke. I can't understand this. It may never happen before. Well, we're nosing over. We're going to crash. We're going to crash right into the river. Oh, my heavens, we'll be drowned to burn to life. This ship is going up like a bale of hay. Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. Steady, Jim. For heaven's sake, steady. What can we do, Bob? What can we do? Nothing. We're going to crash. Yeah, we hit this way, we'll dive straight to the bottom of those flames. That smoke. Here it comes, the river. We're going to Screaming through space, the flaming plane dives toward the river, carrying all on board with it. For some strange reason, Clark Kent has thus far made no effort to assume his role of Superman and save the plane before it plunged headlong to its doom. Why is he waiting? And has he waited too long? Be sure to hear tomorrow's episode when once again that strange, fearful character known as the Laugher puts in another appearance. Yes, be sure to listen tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Yes, be sure to tune in again tomorrow for another thrilling Superman episode. And don't forget what else you're going to do. You're going to buy war stamps as often as you can get mother or dad to give you a dime. Now, you know when you see that big capital S on a three-cornered shield, you recognize it as the emblem of Superman, and you know at once what it stands for. Likewise, when you see the capital letters U.S. on a war-saving stamp or bond, you recognize them as the emblem of Uncle Sam, and it represents a pledge from Uncle Sam to you. His pledge to use every dime you lend him when you buy war-saving stamps for more bullets and guns and planes and all the other things the American armed forces need to win a smashing victory from the Nazis or the Japs. So don't put off buying war stamps. Uncle Sam is depending on you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Look for the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday... Same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.